What up? It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkern, hoping you are having an amazing Thursday. I know I've been away for a while. I've been uh, traveling a lot, so it's been harder and harder to get these done. Yesterday, I was at the uh, Big B franchisee meeting doing a bunch of podcasts there uh, for them, which was very fun. And um, now I am here, and then I will be doing uh, Everything is Marketing live tomorrow at Hopcat in Ann Arbor around 2 o'clock. So if you are listening to this, it is the, what day is today? Um, it is the 13th of August. So on the 14th of August, if you are anywhere near the Ann Arbor Hopcat around 2 o'clock, I will be doing Everything is Marketing live from there for an hour or so um, to round out the week. So we'll love to see you stop by, uh, enjoy a beer, whatever you want to do. So that will be tomorrow. Also want to uh, say thank you to everybody who's been uh, reading the posts on Medium. While I haven't been doing a whole bunch of podcasts this week, I've been writing a ton and uh, people have really dug that stuff. The uh, piece about Dr. Dre specifically, which I might get into in the podcast, um, was uh, really well received. So I, I love the feedback. So thank you very much for that. And one more reminder, if you are listening to this on iTunes, the reviews really help out one way or the other. I would love the feedback. So if you have a minute to say, hey, this is awesome, or, hey, this is terrible, that would be fantastic. And without further ado, we'll do it. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkren. We are uh, talking about a bunch of stuff today. We're going to talk about um, why you should stop forcing people to use cash uh, and things to watch out for on social media, which is where we will start. If you've been following Kim Kardashian on Instagram and about a billion and a half people do that, you may have noticed in the last month or so, she has been uh, posting on her Instagram about this drug that's been helping her with morning sickness. Uh, and it looks to be what most of us call native advertising, right? The idea that this piece of advertising looks like content, right? It's just Kim Kardashian saying, hey, I'm having this issue, ladies. Aren't you having this issue? Uh, there are no um, problems with the baby. You should take this morning sickness drug. It's been totally awesome. Uh, you'll love it because I loved it, so forth and so on. It's done a million times over with a million different products. Here's the problem. Uh, the FDA is uh, announced this morning uh, in an article that I read in the New York Times that they are coming after the company that gave Kim Kardashian this, clearly this, whatever they gave, money, uh, the drugs themselves, whatever it was, uh, they're coming after them because the problem with native advertising when you're dealing with drugs is you get into this really dangerous area where people don't actually know the risks going in because clearly the celebrity isn't going to tell them what all the actual risks are for one or two reasons. I mean, maybe Kim doesn't even know what the risks are or two, that doesn't obviously come off as native. If the idea is to be kind of off the cuff and casual, you're not going to be like, oh man, I'm taking this awesome vitamin. Oh, by the way, it might cause you to have some crazy ailment that you didn't have prior. And that's just one of the things that you should look out for. But other than that, it's awesome. That really wouldn't work as native advertising. But what's interesting about this is the amount of pull that she has. Uh, this is something that has happened a couple of times with celebrities doing drug endorsements. This is the first time that I'm aware of that the FDA is actually stepping in and saying, hey, you can't do this because it's irresponsible and it puts people at unnecessary risk because you're not actually telling them what is wrong uh, or what could happen if they take this drug without having the full picture. So uh, if you are a brand or a person who's working with uh, any sort of celebrity endorsement, um, this is one other thing to look out for when you're dealing with native advertising in the world of any sort 
sort of pharmaceutical, uh, especially like if you're, like I said, uh, medical profession, plastic surgery, uh, any sort of supplements, you just got to be really, really careful and understand that the FDA's attention has been grabbed towards Instagram specifically. And we've talked about the <laughs> amount of space that you get on Instagram, meaning uh, the amount of content that goes on versus the amount of likes. It's something like 70 million photos uploaded a day, but 2.5 billion likes or interactions with that content a day. So there's a lot more people interacting with the content, even if you don't have as many followers as let's say Kim Kardashian, the, the oomph that you get from an Instagram post is uh, well received more so than on Facebook and or Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, if you uh, were watching Twitter yesterday, you got to see um, that Hillary Clinton is not having the best week ever, as uh, all of these candidates are pining to figure out how to put lightning in a bottle. How do they uh, replicate essentially the uh, momentum, I should say, that Donald Trump has. He's at 32% of the popular opinion vote. And I understand, for those of you who are getting at me on email and Twitter, I understand that do- that doesn't win an election. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about from a branding perspective, he see- shows no signs of slowing down. So people are trying to jump on this. And Hillary Clinton yesterday posted a tweet where she was asking people to respond to their thoughts on student debt in three emojis or less. Grammatically speaking, it should be fewer, but we'll ignore that for a second and we'll just use the actual quote. It was three emojis or or less. This is on top of the day before when she and Jeb Bush got into a infographic battle where they were flopping back and forth uh, infographics that they were scratching out and scrawling over as if they were Snapchats. um, and, And it just looked really childish and immature. And something that I'm kind of becoming fascinated with, and and I alluded to it last week when we were talking about the debates, that this is going to be a fascinating space, watching these candidates try and figure out how to use social to their advantage and do things that I think kind of fall on deaf ears. I think most people who are going to vote for president don't necessarily want that president to be uh, snapping at them. It would be cool, sure, but that's not something that you're looking for, and you're not really looking for the president who's hip to emojis. That Those aren't really job descriptions that you're looking for. I think you're looking for people, and we talk about this a million times over, right? You're looking for somebody who is authentic, and authentically speaking, you know as well as I know that there is absolutely no way that Hillary Clinton talks to anybody in her universe using emojis. So this kind of ham-handed is probably the way to describe it, this ham-handed campaign to get millennials to respond via emojis to talk about student debt so that she can talk about her platform where she wants to get rid of student debt or make college affordable. Or in an ideal scenario, I'm, I'm not running for president, but in an ideal scenario, uh, next to free, right? Because uh, getting out of uh, class with a, a crushing debt. I was talking to a, a franchisee yesterday from Bigby who was telling this amazing story that he was going to school to become a doctor and he looked at the crushing amount of debt he would have walked out of that that eight years with and he just didn't want to do it so instead he went into the family business and started running his own successful coffee franchise and and those are interesting things to think about when you think about what are you going to do for the rest of your life and this decision like do you want a quarter of a million dollars in debt as you try and climb up that mountain and pay it off Uh, and that's what Hillary Clinton wants to talk about but I just don't know if eggplant and taco emojis are the way to go about it and lastly as I promised I want to talk about the idea of 
making customers do what you want versus making customers do what they want. I was in Ann Arbor uh, on Tuesday and I uh, wanted to grab a quick lunch and I had stopped in this place that served hot dogs because I was in a hot dog sort of mood and I ordered two hot dogs. There was literally no signs anywhere around the kiosk that I was standing at. Uh, no signs indicating what sort of payment method they would prefer. So I ordered two hot dogs and something to drink and she said, uh, whatever, $6 or $7. Um, and I went to give her my card and she goes, oh, we, we only take cash. I go, okay, uh, have a great day. And she goes, well, wait, aren't you going to come back? And I said, no, I'm not going to come back. I'm going to go find someplace that takes my card. Uh, and I understand back in the day that you wouldn't want to take cards because of the amount of money that you would pay to the credit card companies. But the low entry point to using a square reader just seems silly that this is still a thing. So this person who is helping me at that moment, this is their thought process. Okay, so we only take cash. So I'm going to tell him we only take cash and he's going to go to an ATM. And if he can't find an ATM that's his bank, he's going to pay a different ATM $3. So now that $6 meal becomes $9 so that he can come back and give me $6 to eat lunch. Where if I just raise the price one and a half percent, right? If I just raise the price to $6.10, I still make the same amount of money. He gets to use his card. And guess what? He might come back. I was listening to one of Gary Vaynerchuk's podcasts and, and somebody was asking him about um, the art of being a salesperson. And the art is in this fact. The art is not making the sale. The art is making the 17th sale. So the art here is not getting me to go to an ATM, uh, frustratingly take out cash, which I never carry because there's really no need at this point. To, for, I've never had, I've, I've had to use cash or was asked to use cash. I just, I didn't. I've asked to use cash twice in the last month. And before that, it's probably been six or seven months. And I just don't carry it. It's just not how I roll. Um, and, you know, he was saying that the idea here is not to frustrate me to go to an ATM, take out $20, come back, uh, buy these hot dogs, and then never come into the hot dog place ever again. The idea here is for me to have such an amazing experience that I want to come back again and again and again. So you contrast this hot dog stand with Slows. It's a barbecue place that is in Detroit and has since moved to Grand Rapids. They opened last week on Thursday. And I love, love, love going to places on opening day just to kind of see um, if they know what they're doing. Can they handle the amount of people? And Slows had it all on lockdown. They're obviously very successful in Detroit, but they're in a different city with a different setup. And they, they obviously take cards. No big deal. Um, and they got people through the line. The food was delicious. The food was hot. Uh, the lineup made sense. They were there to explain the um, menu to you. And, you know, to go back to the Ann Arbor, the Ann Arbor example on Tuesday, what I ended up doing, so instead of spending $6 on a hot dog, I ended up going to Zingerman's, which is a world-famous deli in Ann Arbor that does a fair amount of uh, mail order. So if you want to, you can get them uh, on the internets and order your own corned beef. So I went there instead. So instead of spending $6 for a hot dog, I ended up spending like 15 or $18 on the best Reuben I've ever had in my entire life. So I'm thankful to the hot dog proprietor who uh, did not accept my card because I had a much better lunch. But the point is, we need to stop thinking that we're in charge. We are not in charge of what our customer wants to do, specifically when you're just putting barriers in their way for the sake of putting barriers. There is no reason that people should not be able to use some sort of card to order. And as Apple Pay and whatever Google Wallet's going to develop into in, the, in light of Google becoming Alphabet and becoming this much larger entity, when these 
versions of wearables and this wearables become augmented reality and those things start to catch on, uh, you're going to get left behind if you're somebody who's like, well, I really want you to give me cash so that I don't have to pay any other vendors for it to be convenient for you. I want it to be conven- convenient for me because I'm still going to make this money. I'm still going to make the $6 on the hot dog because you're not. In the same way that 77% or I think it's 70 or 80% of local businesses don't have a mobile-ready website, those people are going to have a huge problem in the next three and five years, and they need to pay attention to that stuff. If you're not somebody who is getting a square reader and making sure that people can use whatever payment method that they want in order to buy your product, I think you're really, really missing out. There are food trucks in cities all across the country and every single one, every single one of them that I've ever been to takes cards. There's zero reason, especially in the food industry, for you not to take a card and any other industry for that matter. I mean, I think the other day, my wife, uh, we had somebody come out and look at our furnace and the, the furnace guy used his smartphone and a square reader so that we didn't have to write a check. This is the world that we live in. It's got to be convenient for the customer, and it always has to be convenient for the customer. Uh, It starts with user experience, starts with user experience, rolls down to employee experience, and creates that culture that people want to come back to your brand. So stop asking me for cash. Stop asking me for cash. All right. Have an awesome Thursday. Uh, As I said, I will be in Ann Arbor at Hopcat, which I'm very excited to do. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock, I'll be doing this uh, live and then getting up soon afterwards so you get the podcast sometime tomorrow afternoon. Have a wonderful rest of the day. We will talk tomorrow. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast.